0: Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, before we get into today's podcast, there's a quick couple um, announcements um, that I want to bring to you guys. Uh, number one, for my podcast, I would really appreciate it wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's um, you know Google or iTunes or where, wherever you find this podcast or YouTube. I would really appreciate it if you guys would give uh, your comments on it. Um, I really appreciate it. And those are really encouraging to me. And if I can help you, then I'll do uh, what I can to help you as well. So um, just a couple shout outs for those who uh, did on iTunes for Bianca. Thank you for listening. I'm glad that this podcast can help you as you continue uh, your walk uh, with the Lord. And then a friend of mine, Kristen, uh, I appreciate you uh, supporting the podcast and listening um, as well, so I really appreciate it um, if you guys would leave um, uh, comments or or reviews. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> and then number two, a friend of mine, a brother of mine, Caleb Rutherford. Uh, we went to the Memphis School of Preaching together. Uh, I know we've known Caleb. Um, I mean, ever since we were small, you know, we were kids, so we grew up together, went to camp together. Um, you know, learned and and grew with the Lord together and then went to the school of preaching and uh, came out as preachers together. Um, and he's actually starting a podcast. So I kind of like to give a plug for him. It's called the transformed podcast. Again, it's called the transformed podcast. Uh, you can find his links on Facebook at the transform podcast. You can find it on Twitter at transform, uh, transformed p d c t you can find that on twitter and then on instagram you can find it at the underscore transformed underscore podcast and you can find him there too so <clears throat> if you like what you've heard here um at when the scriptures become real i think you'll love what caleb also has to say with his podcast on the transform podcast as well as that's such a great thing that uh, we can have different podcasts. We can have different topics, but we're still speaking the same thing, right? We're still speaking from the scripture. Um, and so, I really uh, appreciate it if you go check out my my buddy uh, Caleb and his podcast. So let's get started. With what we're talking about today? <clears throat> a couple days ago, <clears throat> excuse me. A friend of mine, <clears throat> he called me, and we're talking about. Um, he's talking about school, and he's talking about how school is going. And I say, well, you know, is everything okay? Like, what's going on? And he's saying, well, it it seems as if everybody's against me. So, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Everybody's against you. He's saying, he said, man, I'm ready to leave. He said, I think it it just seems like everybody's kind of out to get me. It's kind of seems like people are talking about me behind my back. It's like people are, they have this view of me now. Um, it, It feels as if. Um they don't want me here. You know, he goes on and on and on about the problems that he was having at, at the school at this at this present time. And you know, I sat there and I listened to him and I listened to him and from my point of view, you know, as I'm listening, I'm kind of trying to dissect the things that he's saying. And so after he gets done, <clears throat> he asks, Well, what do you think, you know, I should do? Or, you know, you have any encouraging words. And I remember saying to him, I'm really glad all this is happening to you right now. He said, what? Like, you're glad people are talking about me? You're you're glad that all this is happening? I said, yeah. He said, why? I said, I'm happy that this is happening for you because you can't see it right now. But when you leave that place and when you go wherever you're going to go, the same thing that's happening there is going to happen wherever you go. But times 10. So I said, what you need to do now is the place that you're at, the institution, the school that you're you're at now, you need to uh, you need to take what it's giving you because it will make you stronger once you leave. Right now, this affliction is giving you strength. And I said, I'm glad that you are being afflicted right now. And, and so that that's kind of the, the topic. that we want to discuss today is I'm glad that I was afflicted. I'm glad that I was afflicted. You know, when we think about affliction, it's kind of a bad connotation in terms of we, we always equate affliction with pain, which most times pretty much that's what it is. It's, it's pain. But sometimes we feel as if pain cannot help us. Sometimes we feel like pain cannot allow us to grow. And what we want to look at, we want to look at the scripture and we want to see what the scripture talks about and how it explains affliction. And so again, with this podcast, as we study this topic, again, bring out your Bibles, your tablets. If you're studying with a friend, with a family, a uh, family member, let's, let's study and let's walk through um, the text together. All right. So let's go to Psalm chapter 119. Psalm chapter 119, uh, verse number 71. (laughs) And that was just Caleb texting me about the podcast. So again, listen to the Transform podcast. (laughs) Alright, so Psalm 119, verse 71. Now look at what David says here. He said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. So, isn't that kind of an oxymoron? Why would I want to be, why would I choose affliction? Why would I be happy about affliction? It makes no sense. Now, let's think about David's life for a second. When we think about affliction and we think about someone that went through that, I think of, David's one of the first people that I think about. Think about all the things that David went through. He was on the run from Saul after killing Goliath for the nation, right? Then he's he's on the run from Saul because now Saul hates him because the people are praising David and not him. So then Saul's on the run. Then after he's on the run, then he's almost killed a couple times by Saul. Then he's running back and forth, back and forth. And then because of his own doing with Bathsheba, then the sword never leaves his house. So then he's on the run from his own children. Then his own son tries to kill him. Then he's on the run, on the run, he's on the go. All this stuff is happening to David. Now, why would David say, I'm glad that I went through specifically all that stuff? Why would he say that? Well, let's let's read the end of Psalm 119 71. It is good for me that all this has happened. It is good for me that I've been afflicted. Why? So that I might learn thy statues. You know, affliction affliction does something. It it humbles you in a way that words can't. Some people you can tell them something and they'll listen right away because you told them. Right? So you can preach a sermon, you can teach, you can you can instruct someone in anything, and they'll get it right there because the instruction manual says so. But with some people, they know the instruction. But they want to do it their way anyway. So guess what they'll have to go through? As my parents like to say, they like they like to go through the school of hard knocks. They want to go the hard way to learn the lesson you could have learned if you just would have listened to the instruction in the first place. And so sometimes we find ourselves doing that as Christians too, don't we? And I found myself doing that. You know, you listen to the instruction, you listen to what the Word says, but you feel like, man, I think I want to try it this way. Then when you try it this way, and it doesn't work, and you fall flat on your face, then most times when you fall flat on your face, guess what you always end up going back to anyway? You end up going right back to the person who told you you should do this in the first place. And so, affliction for the Christian can be good for us. And... A friend of mine. We had. A, we were having a prayer session, um, and we were in his office, and and we're pray- We have a list of people that we're praying for because we know that either they're going through some things right now, or they put themselves through things, or they just or they left uh, the church. So we wrote their name down specifically, and as uh, my friend was praying for these individuals that we wrote. On this list, he he said he wants each person to be afflicted. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, well, why did you pray that they would be afflicted? Don't you think, you know, you would want them to be comforted rather than afflicted right now? But he said sometimes affliction is the only way for God to wake us up. Think about that for a second. Think about a time in your life where... You have been—I mean, I'm talking about—you have been at your your lowest to the point where you kind of you knew, okay, this is my fault, right? You're you're so low. Remember how how kind of empty you felt? You know, you, you remember the things that you did up to that point. Maybe it was fun. Maybe it was enjoyable for a time. Maybe it was pleasurable for a time. Maybe it was it was you know financially great for a time but then you end up wasting all of that and then you end up being just by yourself in the last place so you think about okay how did i get here you ever ask yourself that question and like how did i how did i even get here and you know when you're that low guess what you begin to do something you didn't do before you begin to think because now you can see clearly and you can see things for what it really is now so i have no money but when i had money i had all these people around me huh well i don't have this anymore and i had all these friends but now i don't so who was real and who wasn't real see you start asking yourself the right questions now why because you're by yourself and why because you went through affliction you lost something right sometimes the lord knows that we get so prideful and he knows the only way that jordan's gonna listen the only way put your name there is gonna listen is if i take this away then maybe he'll listen to what i gotta say then, maybe, if I take this money away, if I take this away, if I take this away, then maybe he'll learn my statues because when he had this, he thought he was this hmm that's an interesting that's an interesting topic now, look at this really quick. go to proverbs chapter twenty nine and we're going to take a principle from here proverbs chapter twenty nine and again, the proverbs are are very practical um It's a very practical book. It actually, when you read through Proverbs, it actually feels like it was written in the 21st century. Um, That's how practical it is today. But look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. And notice what it said. Now, this talks about kind of uh, instruction. It says, the rod and reproof, what do they give? Wisdom. But a child left to himself, a child left to raise himself, a child left to raise herself, a child that thinks they know everything, a child that's always done everything by themselves since they were little, brings his mother to what? To shame. There's a phrase about that verse. It says vexation sharpens the intellect. See sometimes a lot of us naturally whether it's physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, we run from pain. We do everything necessary to avoid pain. And I think that's a natural instinct that we have. We don't want to go through pain. And so when we talking about when we're talking about the rod and reproof, naturally as a child, naturally as a son, as a daughter, You don't want to go through reproof. Naturally. You don't want that. But vexation. Or having the rod and reproof. Guess what it sharpens for you. As the child. Or as the son. Or as the daughter being older now. You may not get physically. The rod anymore. But if you get reproof. Guess what that allows you to do. It allows you to sharpen. Your intellect. And to get better. See. And I, and I was this way before, um, and I, I still continue to work on this, um, you know, as I continue to grow and, and develop and mature. <clears throat> it's, it's tough sometimes to, to take criticism, especially spiritual criticism sometimes. Um, a lot of people don't like to be told that they're doing wrong or you could do this better or maybe you should think about this or maybe you can do that we want to think we've got things figured out but here he says the rod and reproof they give wisdom right which which is an amazing thing that the stuff that we run away that we run away from really gives us wisdom well how can how you say that remember we've discussed this before remember in, in Luke chapter 15 with the prodigal son When he had all his money, when he had all his boys, when he possibly had all the girls with him, when he possibly had all this money, when he had all this stuff going on, no one can tell the prodigal anything. You ever been like that in your life before, where where things seem very good, and you feel like, man, like look at what I did, right? Look at look at how I got here, right? I've I've had that point in my life before where I had this, I had this. I'm like, man. I'm living life like I'm living how I want to live right but then when you find yourself um, without money when you find yourself without position when you find yourself in a in a you know at the bottom of the totem pole I guess when you find yourself there then guess who's around huh no one's around so guess what the prodigal did the Bible says, and he came to himself. Which means when he was alone, guess what he was able to do now? See, a lot of times when we're so high and when people give us praise and when people tell us we're this, then we start to believe it. Even if the, the intentions even if the intentions of those people are great, even if they really are great when they're telling you, hey, good job, appreciate you, right? Maybe and that's not wrong. But when you start taking those and you think, man, Maybe I am this. Hey man. I am this. Right? Once you start thinking of yourself that way. Then if you get too high. Guess who has to bring you down? If you don't do it yourself. Guess who will? I promise you. God will. Because why? Because he's done it to me. Maybe he's done it to you. But I know for a fact. He's done it to me. And I've realized. That. You know, again, remember the scripture talks about humble yourselves inside of the Lord and he will lift you up. It's very it's much easier to rebuild your life with the Lord rather than build your life by yourself. Right. It's it's much easier that way. But when we talk about reproof and when we talk about affliction. So why why so why would I want to go through this Jordan like why would I want to go through affliction you know, obviously, you're saying that all this stuff gives wisdom. You're saying that it gives reproof. You're saying that it'll help me. But why would I? Why would I intentionally put myself through pain? Like, why would you? Why would you say that? Let's notice this. Turn your Bible to Hebrews chapter twelve. Hebrews chapter twelve, and I want to notice verse number. Um, verse number. 11 now it's going to talk about discipline as well but it talks about spiritual discipline here so notice what it says here in verse number 11 of hebrews 12 now no chastening or no reproof or no affliction none of that for the present moment seems to be what joyous so in your moments when you were extremely low was that fun no. Was that enjoyable? No. Would you tell someone else to go through it? Absolutely not. It's not joyous, but notice what the Bible says. But it's what? It's grievous. The stuff hurt, man. It it might have hurt emotionally what you went through. It might have hurt physically what you went through. It might have hurt spiritually what you went through. It might have hurt financially what you went through. It might have hurt in every single way possible. But nevertheless, afterwards, guess what it yields? It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So affliction for the Christian is a good thing. Why? Because the Lord's only trying to refine you to become better. Here's this example, and I'll I'll never forget this. And this helped me so much going through um, some things in my life. There was a a college couple about my age, 26, 27 um, years old. They went to this antique store. And as they're going to the antique store, um, the couple, they're looking at all these beautiful antiques. And the girl says, hey, look at this. Look at this beautiful vintage cup. And the cup was gorgeous. Cup was all gold, intricate design. You could see your reflection on it. Beautiful, beautiful cup. And the girl said, man, I wonder how, um, how hard it was to make that cup. And when she said that, the cup turned around and the cup began to speak to the couple. And the cup said, things weren't always, I wasn't always like this. And the couple said, well, what are you talking about? And he, the, the cup said, I remember when my potter. I remember I was just a piece of clay. And I remember I was a cool piece of clay. I was completely fine being clay. I was cool being clay, right? I was. It was nice. I, no one messed with me. It was perfect. But the master chose me. So that made me uncomfortable. Then he said, as the master chose me that the master looked at me and then all of a sudden the master took me as a perfect piece of clay not even used before the master took me and just started throwing me against the wall started throwing me on the ground threw me on every hard surface and i was screaming out to the potter i said stop Why, why are you doing this this hurts stop throwing me and the master simply said not yet so then after he threw me then he took a knife and a sharpening tool and he started cutting off pieces of me and it hurt when it cut off the excess clay and as he was cutting i said master stop why are you why are you doing this to me i didn't ask for this why are you cutting me why are you why are you allowing this to happen and he said not yet and then after he cut me <clears throat> then he put me on a on a tray and as he put me on the tray I saw that there was an oven and I looked through the glass of the oven there was fire and he threw me in the fire and when he threw me in the fire I banged on the glass I banged on the door as the master just looked through the glass and the master saw me suffering and the master saw how much this was hurting and I and I banged and banged and banged and I said, Lord, please help me out of here. Why are you putting me through this? And I, could, I couldn't hear the master, but I could see him mouth, not yet. And the master took me out of that oven and he sat me down and I was able to cool off. It felt so nice, right? I was in that fire. I was able to cool off. It felt so good. But then after a while, after a little bit of rest... He puts me back on the tray, and I noticed, before he put me in the oven, I noticed he turned the temperature two times higher than it was the first time. And he throws me in again. And as I go through the fire, doubly as hot as the first time, I remember just wanting to quit. I remember looking around, seeing how hot everything was. I remember banging on that door over and over and over and over again saying, why are you doing this? Master, let me out. Why would you take me out? Why would you put me in the fire in the first place? Why would you take me out and why would you put me back in a a fire that's two times hotter than the first one? Why are you hurting me? And the master said, not yet. And the master took me out of the fire and I was I was completely hurt. And next thing you know, he takes a paintbrush, and he takes paint, and he's starting to paint me. And as he's painting me with this with this gold paint, the fumes from the paint are choking me. I'm hot. I'm hot from coming out of the oven. And he and as he's putting the paint on, I can't breathe because the paint. I can't. I can't breathe from from the from the aroma of the paint. And I'm telling them as I'm gasping for air, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Stop, stop. And he says, no, not yet. And after a while, the master picks me up and he sets me in front of a mirror and he says, look. And I open my eyes and all I've known was I was just a piece of clay. That's all I've ever known. I was nothing to anybody or nobody. I wasn't special to anyone. I didn't have anyone special in my life. I I wasn't. I was a nobody. I've always been a nobody. But when I opened my eyes. I looked in the mirror. And I saw. I'm this beautiful cup. That I've seen other cups. I never thought I could be this. I never thought I could turn into this. But the Lord said, now you're ready. See, sometimes that that story that um, that shows us what we go through in life. And as I go through different types of pain in my life, whether it's emotional pain, whether it's it's physical pain, you know, you know spiritual pain, no matter what type of pain it is. I remember that story and I remember maybe the Lord, the Lord does everything for a reason. Maybe I'm going through this fire to help me be stronger. Maybe he's trying to help me learn patience. Maybe he's trying to help me uh, become a better leader. I, I don't know. But, it, you know, when you go through fire, when you go through pain, when you go through all that stuff, when you go through that refining process, it hurts. I wouldn't wish I wouldn't wish the hurt that I've had on anybody. You wouldn't wish the hurt that you've had on on anybody. Why would you? Why would you wish that on someone, right? But it's grievous at the time. But the text says it works the fruit of righteousness, the peaceable fruit of righteousness, right? And so we sing a song sometimes called "Have Thine Own Way." Have Thine Own Way. Have Thine Own Way. Thou art the potter, but what am I? I'm just the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. So if the Lord wants to put you through a fire, let him. If the Lord wants to put you through emotional pain, let him. If the Lord wants to put you through financial pain, let him. Why? Why? Because remember, he's the potter. He sees the final product before you, the product can never see the product. Only the potter can see what the product will become. And this is the this and to be honest, this is the portion of my life right now that um, that I'm working on with the Lord. Sometimes I don't understand why but he's he's still making me what he wants me to be. I'm not there yet. I'm nowhere near. But he's he's molding me still, as he's molding you. And so just like my my buddy, like I talked about before in the beginning, he complained about all the stuff he was going through. Don't complain about it. Use it and let the Lord use you. Really quick here. The last the last verse I want to look at. Revelation 3:19. Revelation 319. Notice what the text says here. As many as I love, guess what I'll do for you? I rebuke you and I will chasten you. So what's my job? Be zealous and repent. So if the Lord wants me to change, guess what I have to do? I'll change. Why? Because he loves me. This reproof, this correction he has me going through, that he has you going through, He's letting you go through that, not because he just flippantly wants it to happen. He's letting you go through it because he loves you and he knows what product you can become. The Lord has vision because he's the potter. Let him work. Thanks, guys.